I am going to start a series between now and maybe the end of the summer, depending where we go with it, to in the Psalms of Ascent. Why this series? Well, I'll be honest, the first reason for a series like the Psalms of Ascent is that um, you're not about much. In the next few months, it will be a scattered congregation. You'll be at the coast. You'll be doing all kinds of stuff. And to do a series through a gospel or through a book sometimes can become pretty pointless because you only get one or two or the three. So I felt if I do a series of psalms, then you can dip into those psalms um, as they come along and not need to have been to the one before, although it is helpful. It is helpful if you commit, as they say. But where this series starts is actually in about 1988, in the old days before rock and roll. Well, not before, but you understand. I was the assistant minister in First Antrim. And we had every September, in the first week of September, the first Antrim Convention. And I think it was 1988 that Robert Amos from London at that time, I think as I followed him in Google, he's maybe in Cornwall these days, but still speaking extensively around uh, the UK. Uh, He was our speaker, and he did three things in that week in 1988. He introduced me for the very first time to Eugene Peterson, because... Peterson wasn't as well known then, and the the message was a long way off at that point. So he introduced me to Eugene Peterson. And he introduced me to this phrase that I've later discovered is a phrase of Nietzsche, actually. The long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. I was really taken by that phrase. The long obedience in the same direction. It is the title of Eugene Peterson's book on the Songs of Ascent. That was the third thing that Robert introduced me to. These Songs of Ascent from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 that he did a series on over those uh, five days in September 1988. And they've lingered with me ever since. Oh, to do a week's convention talks that somebody's still thinking about some... Uh, 27 years later. And they came back to my mind particularly over the Lent series that we were doing through the travel narratives of Luke. Particularly as we got closer to Jerusalem. As we got to Sam, uh, Palm Sunday rather and uh, I was thinking about all that excitement that was going on as Jesus came in uh, to Jerusalem and the songs that were being sung as the palm branches were laid down. And suddenly I went back to Robert's series based on Eugene Peterson's book of the Songs of Ascent and I realized that these are the psalms that they were singing as Palm Sunday approached. And that made me think that would be an interesting series to follow on from our travel, travel narratives. It's still pilgrimage, it's still travel, it's linked back to some of what we were doing through the travel narratives of Luke, and it's, I've been told by others who've done the series recently, it's an enriching group of psalms to think about. So that led me to the Songs of Ascent. What is the aim of this series, in in my opinion then? Well, interestingly, in more recent times since 1988, I think, there's a new strap line because Eugene's books get redone every so often. And I think in the newest version of the book, because actually I discovered I lent the older version of the book to somebody else. And when I went to uh, find it this week, I didn't have it, so I had to buy it again. Uh, Eugene says he hasn't changed very much about the commentary itself. But there was a strap line that's now in it that says, Developing Discipleship in an Instant Society. 
Developing discipleship in an instant society. And that seems to me to be quite prophetic in more in 19, or 2015 than it was in 1988. Because we are far more instant now than we were in 1988. For those who don't know, um, we didn't even have mobile phones in 1988. In fact, we were seven years or so, or eight years or nine years maybe away from mobile phones. I think I got my first in 1995 uh, or so, and it was such a size of a brick. And what you did in those days was, when the phone went off and you were in a shop, you found a dark alley somewhere, away from the crowd. You were so embarrassed that you had one of these things, um, that you hid while you were using it. So it wasn't as instant a world then, although more instant than Jack would remember when he arrived here about 1942. So this discipleship in an instant society. I have said many times that this generation are so instant and so immediate in the responses we get to everything that I find it hard to imagine that there's any conditioning within us that would allow a marriage to last. All the skills of a marriage are not about instant gratification or instant response to things. So in a world where our teenagers and 20-somethings are being honed and formed and shaped in an instant society, it's very difficult to get the kind of skills you need to keep a long-time relationship going. It is a worrying pastoral thing. And so with discipleship, we want everything to be pretty instant. And yet discipleship, the following after Jesus that we do, has got to be a long obedience in the same direction. We want instant hits. The pressure is on the worship band or the minister or whoever else that you want to come on a Sunday and you've got this issue and you really want that issue to be dealt with before you go back out there when really this might be a lifetime long obedience. So we're talking in this series in the Songs of Ascent about discipleship and pilgrimage. Peterson himself defines disciple disciple as this. We are people who spend our lives apprenticed to our master, Jesus Christ. We are in a growing and learning relationship always. A disciple is a learner, but not primarily in an academic setting of a schoolroom, but rather at the work of a craftsman. We don't just acquire information about God, but skills in faith. Disciples of Jesus. Those who we've probably lost because everybody now goes to university, although Queens are going to let more people maybe be craftsmen in the days ahead because the numbers are dropping a little bit. But where are those craftsmen that used to go for the apprenticeship? And it was a long obedience in the same direction. Probably the only ones in an academic view are the new doctors who just seem to... We used to think five years to be a doctor. Well, now it's five years to be starting as a doctor and ten years to do the next bit and twenty years to do the next bit. And usually when you're about 56, they allow you to do the stuff that you might have trained to do. There's some long obedience in the same direction in the medical world. But for many, it's this instant hit. You come and you do a class and you go away with a certificate and then somehow you can do the job. Whereas in the olden days, Before rock and roll, there was this long obedience of craftsmanship where you learned the art by being around the people who already were doing the art and the craft. Discipleship. The disciples of Jesus 
around him, following him, on pilgrimage with him, picking up all the little things that he's doing in order that they might become disciples of the master. Pilgrim. Being a pilgrim, Peterson says, means being a person who spends their life going someplace, going to God, and whose path for getting there is the way of Jesus Christ. This is because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Pilgrimage, a journey of faith, a lifelong journey of faith, where it's not again an instant hit. So this series hopefully will touch on how can we be disciples in an instant society. And today we come to the first psalm and the way I'm seeing this is that these psalms, these 15 psalms between Psalm 120 and, and 134, some would say they're the psalms that they sang on that journey three times a year up to Jerusalem um, for the festivals that were happening. Um, others have said they're actually there's 15 steps in the temple and that maybe they sang very deliberately. Uh, the priests and the Levites sang one psalm, one of these psalms, that's maybe why they're short, on, on each step as they went up the 15 steps into the, the temple. So what we seem to be finding in my early thinking of this is that the first psalm is probably when you're setting out in the pilgrimage, wherever you're setting out from. And then you're getting closer to the sacred, the holy of holies, closer to God as you go. So it seems appropriate that this first psalm is pretty bleak. It's a reminder to us of the world that we're disciples in, that we pilgrimage from. It's a bleak psalm. Save me from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. Then we're, woe to me that I dwell in Meshach and in the tents of Kedar. We'll come to that in a second. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. And something about that said to me, hmm, we've lived here for a few hundred years among people who seem to hate peace. Meshach and Kedar were two tribes, one in the north, one in the southeast, that would have been barbaric, violent, hostile to the people of God. And so these pilgrims, as they set out on their journey, are aware that in this journey of discipleship, in this long obedience in the same direction, they live in a world that's fallen, a world that they've been dragged through in the week that has been, in the week that might be, a week where there's things closing in on them of storms that we might be singing about in our worship. That we live in a world that's deceitful, that lies, that is deluded. A world that's hostile to the faith. A world where we might be for peace. But when we speak about peace, everybody else seems to be about war. It's an honest sound. This is the world that we live in and pilgrimage from. And we live in a world like Meshach and Kedar, do we not? We live in a world in 2015 where 150 Christian students at a Kenyan university simply because they say they're Christians will just be murdered in an instant and shot down where they are. It's the world that we are disciples in. We live in a world where a young woman last weekend goes out for a night in Glasgow And doesn't come home. 
And we can only pray for the Buckley family as they deal with what they've dealt with over the last week and will deal with over the weeks to come. We live in a city, as I've already mentioned, that over 25 years of troubles lost 3,500 people and many others are suffering as survivors or those who grieve those who were lost. This is the world that we come to Fitzroy out of, indeed in the middle of, this particular Sunday. And as we come into the midst of that, the psalmist in 100, Psalm 120, in this moment of ascent up to the Holy of Holies to find God in the midst of this world of Meshach, sings, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me, save me, Lord, from this kind of world. Save me from this kind of world. Now, Peterson, interestingly, in in his chapter on Psalm 120, and for a moment or two I thought he was contriving this a little bit, calls that particular psalm the repentance psalm. Now, you look at that psalm and you're thinking, where is he going to to get repentance in this psalm? But what he's saying is that this is the world the disciple starts in, this is the world that the pilgrim starts in, and the pilgrim is moving from this world towards God in these psalms of ascent. And therefore, it is a turning away from that world and towards a God that these psalms are all about. He says, the first step towards God is a step away from the lies of the world. We move away from things that are strange and hostile. We recognize that this world that we live in is not our home. The biblical word that describes our desire to say no to the world is repentance. Repentance is not an emotion. Repentance is the most practical of all the words and the most practical of all the acts. Repentance. Moving away from how the world is to how God wants the world to be. Moving away from the Meshach, moving away from what we've come out of today to a kingdom where God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And the two things from this are, are the same. A personal cry for help. That we live in this world and that this world this week will taint us and drag us through some hedge. Some difficulty may happen to us. Wherever that might be in our lives, in our family life, in our personal life. And we cry out for the Lord and we want to move away from that world that curtails us in such ways. In a personal cry. In a personal response of discipleship, pilgrimage and repentance. But it's never just that in the scriptures. Because we realize that God has the people of God as individuals in a community of God. That are not just for their own rescue or their own salvation. But that the rescue and salvation has to be a light to the nations and a salvation to the world. In our best Calvinist thinking as Presbyterians, we are the men and women in Calvin's dream. Who does not see one part of this city this week outside of the lordship of Christ. And that our repentant lives that we will live will draw people and this city back from the wrong way that it's going to the ways of God's good news and love and reign. It's almost a turning history around. Not that we turn it around and can erase what's happened before it, but we change the very direction 
of the way we live our lives. We change it from a world that is deceitful and barbaric and wanting war to a world that knows truth and lives for peace and shalom. There is a no to the world that becomes a yes to God. And that is not instant. Very few of the things that you bring in personally today to wrestle with will have an instant hit as you leave. And a city moving from what we went through in the troubles to where we might get to for our children and our children's children is going to be a long obedience in the same direction that an Alec Reed and a Jerry Reynolds and a Ken Newell and a Harold Good set us off on at the end or the middle of the 80s. This is a long process, a long obedience, that we've got to see ourselves as lifelong discipleships and pilgrims prepared to dig in for a long haul, a long obedience in the same direction. Donard, Donard, my calf muscles say, It was like a 10 mile run. It was a challenge. Don't do 10 miles every week. Haven't done 10 miles for a while. Was glad of the excuse. I hope that Monday and Tuesday's time is going to be quicker than some of last week's times because they were not good because we went up Donard. But Donard's not instant. There was a moment in the rough terrain at the bottom which I found no pleasure in whatever. Go up it once, Nigel, 10 times if you like. But there's no pleasure in that kind of underfoot terrain of Donard. I want to find a better way up there. And I'm determined to do that. And I thought at one stage, imagine if I could just be airlifted to the saddle. Then I would go up that one. And I would come down that one and up that one. I might even do another one. It's that way up to the saddle. It was a long obedience in the same direction. There was no shortcut in that grimace of ascent. And so as Christians, living out the Christian faith in 2015 as we are, some of us more honed in a world that might allow us for the long obedience, all of us, whatever age we are, have to catch on that what we do for Jesus is not going to be ever instant in an instant society and we've got to commit to the long haul to close a few more words from Peterson repentance the first word in Christian immigration sets us on the way to travelling in the light it is a rejection that is also an acceptance. It is a leaving that develops into an arriving. It is a no to the world that is a yes to God. And as we follow these songs of ascent, may we learn the journey in that long obedience in the same direction. Let's pray.
Lord, if we don't answer a text message quickly, it causes all kinds of concerns. If we're not on Facebook when the message goes up, we might miss it. With all the social media and all the telecommunication that we have in our world today, we are being shaped into an instant society, expecting everything to happen immediately and at once. And in many ways, Lord, we can read Psalm 120 as a prophetic voice into that. It's the lies and deceit of our modern world to think that anything worthwhile can be instant. And so in many ways today, we want to repent of the lie of an instant society. We want to say no to that world that expects quick results. And we want to say yes to a pilgrimage, to a long obedience, to a life work, both in our own souls and hearts, but also in the world around us. We need the patience that the Old Testament speaks about God as having. We need to learn new skills and craft if we're going to be involved in this spiritual journey. So may your spirit speak into our lives. May your spirit give us the courage to say no to the world and yes to you. May it give us the courage to leave behind the world of Meshach and follow to the world of the Holy of Holies in the temple. May we be up for what it is to follow Jesus in our generation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.